friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education and entertainment, coast to coast, balling up, calling entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. I'm not sure if you love sports, but if you do, man. This is the show for you. Another mystifying weekend in the NFL. The CFL is sorting the contenders from the pretenders. The Raptors held media day today before heading off to Victoria for camp. And after a weekend of ups and downs for the Toronto Blue Jays that had fans itching towards the panic button on Saturday only to feel... Nearly the complete opposite by Sunday afternoon. You've got to love baseball. Follow that up with Aaron Judge and the Yankees in the six for three. Got it? And game day starts right here on Tim and Friends. We even got a fancy graphic that says game day starts here. Jesse, this is a wonderful time to be a sports fan. Oh, I know you mentioned earlier last week mm-hmm. that perhaps March Madness... Uh, intertwined with the Masters, and I know you have the theme waking you up during Masters week on your phone as your uh, as your alarm. I do. This is way better. Yeah, I mean, what I saw over the weekend made that argument very hard to argue because you have the NFL. It's out of control right now. It is out of control. It's drunk. It, it's drunk. It is hammered. Yeah, and yeah. now you look at what we have on tap and in store. For the Blue Jays and the Yankees, obviously the Aaron Judge situation. I can just tell. I mean, you got a lot of notes most days. <laughs> but near the end of September, yeah. it starts cranking up a notch. There's well, a there's, lot going on over there. We had, we had uh, Raptors Media Day today. Oh, so, so some of these are Media Day notes. And I have the Plays of the Week right here, which is coming your way in block number three of the show. A clipboard. The Dude. clipboard, yeah. I, oh, so okay. I brought the clipboard down to Raptors Media Day, not realizing. Boom. <laughs> That's good. That's <laughs> that one, right? Yeah, that's funny. Right? So you're just walking around with that. Who's the first person to tell you that that was in the back? Uh, it was actually me. <laughs> oh, you realized? Yeah, I dropped it and I was like, ah, you know what? That's a part of my history. It's a part of my life. So what was the bit? I love the kid. Yeah. Sid Sixero. No, I understand. You may see him on breakfast television. Yeah. Weekdays. City TV. Yeah. Which is everywhere. I don't know if you know that. City yeah. TV is yeah. everywhere. I'm yeah. sure he'll appreciate so, everything uh, you just said. So, yeah, I show a little love. And uh, I think it was Chris Boucher asked me about Sid. Yeah? Yeah, he said, how's it doing? Because he saw the logo or because he just... No, just how's it doing. Nice conversation. Yeah, it's just a simple conversation. On he said, I see, him on the, uh, I see him on all of the, uh, on all of the interwebs these days. Mm-hmm. That's what he actually said. Mm-hmm. And he is. He's lighting up. The, every time he says something, it lights up. Six buzz lights up. Indeed. Yeah, Area 416 lights up. Every, <laughs> everywhere it lights up. That's He's true. all over the joint. Anyways, is Aaron Judge hitting number 61 in Toronto is where I'm going with all this. I don't know. If I started there or if I'm ending there, but I was up early, so I might be a little loopy right now. Are you asking me? Yeah. Do you want my answer? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. Yeah, he is. Is he hitting number 62 in Toronto? Yeah, probably. Is he hitting 61 tonight? Probably. Why are there plenty of good seats still available in Toronto Don't if know. Aaron Judge is going to hit number 61? Don't know. Don't have an answer to that one. There are plenty. Of, you know why? Because the coverage right here on Sportsnet is so good that people don't have to like, go. Why would you go? Yeah, I don't. Right. I don't blame you. We like. We'll That's get to the point. Bluebirds and first things first. Caleb Joseph from Blue Jays Central. Second hour, too sweet to be sour. Dan Shulman, Buck Martinez in the. Why would you go down to the game? Well, 
maybe to catch the ball, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's only so many places you can catch the ball, too. A little, a little so. later on. There are only so yeah. many places. Uh, if you're a Jays fan, we got you back. NFL fans, we got you as well. Is Jalen Hurts your three weeks MVP? Are the Dolphins for real? Is Tom Brady done? We will examine it all in First Things First as well. And with former NFLer Brock Vereen, final half hour of the show. And my conversation with Raptors general manager Bobby Webster in the first hour, fresh off of 48 wins. What do the Raptors have in store for us this year? The GM will tell you what he thinks coming up in about 20 minutes time. As much as I love predicting things, and I don't. I love that we have the chance for the particulars to come on this show Mm -hmm. to give you their opinion on what they actually think instead of just us telling you what we think. To me, that's more fitting. Well, it's more fitting than what happens when grown ass adults try to get things that should be reserved for kids. Like this. I don't know if you've seen this one before, Jesse. Well, I mean, that's best case scenario on the judge home run, is it not? <laughs> this, a kid this gets is, it. Oh, the kid yeah, gets the kid it. Kid yeah. gets it. I just love the look on her face when she thinks ball, 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 yeah. ball, yeah. and and watch yeah. the significant other. This, the significant. I'm <laughs> <laughs> right in her face. So good. Very, he very sees good. it all the way. Kid, nice hands, by the way. Yeah, I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed. Maybe comes down to the Rogers Center. And has a go at uh, Aaron uh, Judge's 61st or 62nd. You've heard of Mr. Steal Your Girl. That's Mr. Steal Your Ball. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here with us, and we appreciate it a ton. So let's start the show. Richie Incognito. <laughs> first things first. First. You are right. Like, it is, this job is always, you know, it's always a good time. It's always fun. But when you got, like, historic stuff going oh, on. Oh, it's so good. There's a different energy. A way different energy. And when yeah. there's so many things going on and we can take our pick, like, God's honest, true, some of the dog days of summer when it's just J-game after J-game after J-game, it's hard. You're either talking about just rumors or you're talking about salacious stuff or you're talking about other things, not the game. Mm-hmm. And right now, we just have the games, and it's so amazing. I know it's Dan Patrick's line, but fill in times between the games. That's how I look at this job, and right now the games are so good. We have so much to talk about. Yes, we do. Uh, but I do have one tweet before we get going here. Uh, Global X says, uh, mm-hmm. please don't talk up the Jays too, too much on the show. Every time we have a great game, you talk them up like the corners turn, and nothing can stop us, and it often coincides <laughs> with disastrous results. Opposite so, is true, though, actually, too. Yes. That's what I was going to say. The panic button fiasco. The panic button yes. fiascos. Yes. Period. Yes. Plural. Yep. yep, you're right. How many times have we done that where someone said, hit the Very panic close. button? hit the, yep. And then we say, hold on just a second because we already hit it way too early. Yeah. And nothing happens. So there you go. We'll have to just wait and see about 30 seconds before you figure out what exactly we're going to say about the Blue Jays. Maybe we'll talk them out. Maybe we won't. But for now... Let's talk about the series that begins tonight as Aaron Judge and the Yankees are in town for three games. Judge has one home run away from history, and the Yankees are one win away from clinching the AL East title and playing better ball as of late. The Jays, meanwhile, remain two games up in the race for the first wild card after salvaging a split at the trough with big wins on Saturday and Sunday. What was your biggest takeaway from the weekend? I love how you said before I get there, he's one home run away from history. If you were to ask, hold the electorate mm-hmm. on what the real home run record is, it's starting to feel like 
the vast majority of people, and, and maybe it's just those that I'm around, but it feels like 61 is the record. It, it doesn't feel like people are, even though Barry Bonds made some news over the weekend, does it not feel like 61 is the record? Well, I, I'm not sure I'd go that far, but I do think because it's an AL record and because it's a Yankees record and because we haven't had a home run chase of this magnitude in a long time, it's magnified. You know what I mean? Why don't you ask... You're the digital producer on this show. I can ask, huh? Throw it out there. I know we got a lot going out on Twitter today, but what's the real record? Let's let's find out what the electric That is thinks. a good question. What's the real record? Is it 61 or is it Barry Bonds? Especially after what Bonds had to say yesterday, which I'm sure we'll get to uh, a little bit later in the show. But you asked me what my biggest takeaway was from the weekend. There were many. I, there were many. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that I love baseball and what 162 games can do to us. Like, honestly, I know I mentioned it off the top of the show, but I was at my son's baseball game on, sun, on Saturday, mm-hmm. excuse me, and everyone was talking about how bad the Jays were and what the Jays were doing and what they weren't doing. And then literally like 28 hours later, Alec Manoa goes to the bump and everything's cool, right? Like two wins. And I got it. Like, listen, Rasmussen going into McClanahan Mm -hmm. wasn't supposed to be the two games that the Jays won. But they had decent starters going against those two. And they ended up doing what, happens in baseball, which is you lose a few, you win a few, and you hope to, lo- to win a few more than you lose. And all season long, as, as Global X wrote into the show, XD, yeah. every time people start to panic, they've responded. And that, to me, is the sign of a good team. And I sat here last week, mm-hmm. Joe Siddle came on the show, and I said, there's been a few times where I felt like the Jays had a jugular that they could have gone for. One of them was in Game 5 against the Rays. At home, they lost 11-0. One of them was the sweep of the Baltimore Orioles on Sunday of last week. They let it get away from them. And I thought, those are two situations where great teams grab it by the throat and they walk towards the postseason feeling good about themselves. But every time that I feel like this season is on the brink, where they might fall into a spot where you start getting really nervous, they've responded. And that's another sign of a good team, Jesse. I believe that every time the entire fan base of either this show or that team writes in and says it's time to hit the panic button, they respond. And to me, that's a good team. We, we've talked a lot this year about maybe the Jays. I don't know, a great team. Yeah. But a good team. A good team. Yeah. But, I, I mean, your point about after Saturday, things were not or until, until Manoa stepped on the hill, things were not looking good. We've often talked about maybe they're, when they struggle, it seems like there's a leadership void maybe sometimes. And then you have Manoa get on the hill. You have Springer do what he did yesterday. And it's like you're starting to see who the guys in this lineup and in this rotation and on this roster in general, who mm-hmm. the guys are that are going to take them to the next level. And the fact that it's a guy who's 24 years old, when things are going really poorly and all of a sudden he gets up there and, and now, do you think, as a team, they feel more confident and comfortable that they can go up against a raised team, having done what they did to them, especially considering who they did it against? Can we, can we uh, all I could think of when you were saying all that was, yes, uh, Big Puma's the real deal. It's crazy. Uh, this guy's an ace. I think the city is falling in love with him, and I think he's got a personality. Uh, sorry, I think the country is falling in love with him, and I, gotta think, I think he's got a personality to boot. But can we show a little love to Ross Stripling as well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy, can, I, 
he had a rough outing. He thought, nah, may, maybe, maybe the bloom was falling off the rose. He walks out there and the next day, does the same thing. Like straight dealing. It's, it's, uh, listen, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do what Global Like said. I'm just going to say the beauty of 162 is that you have these conversations and then you end up with where you end up after the marathon. And it's getting closer. It's four way. Magic number is four. But that's these are the things that you look forward to. And meaningful September baseball means that I will allow for those ebbs and flows that maybe in June or July I was mm-hmm. saying, like, hey, make it relax, take it easy. I understand it. You're, you're this close. And you want that playoff baseball, and you want it at home, so I get it. And I will listen to it all, and that's what makes it so much fun, is that every game means something. And it appears as though this wild card format, despite, you know, listen, if you break it down, I don't know if you'd rather one of the wild card teams or the Cleveland Guardians. I don't know if you would rather, you know, play at home and avoid the Astros, mm-hmm. which you can't do, right? You're going to mm-hmm. get the Astros in the second round mm-hmm. if you're playing, playing at, at home, home yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, there's, there's, there's some things that aren't ideal, but I think it's given what it was supposed to do, which is add some meaning to September baseball. And we're all locked and loaded. Locked and loaded in Seattle, locked and loaded in Toronto, locked and loaded in Tampa. And I think that's what it's meant to do. And Baltimore. And Baltimore, yeah, all three of them, mm-hmm. and all sort of going through their own uh, issues. I thought this was hilarious. So the Jays yeah. finished four and five uh, at the Trop this season. Shai Davidi called the Trop in two different articles a soulless circus tent mm-hmm. and a low end outlet mall, which I thought were <laughs> just hilarious, and I wanted to get those out there. So maybe a little bit of confidence, um, as much confidence as you can possibly have. If worst case scenario, it does come to that. And they end up having to go to the Trump. But it's looking good at the current point in time. I hit the wrong button. Hold go on. for it. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but getting back to tonight, obviously uh, some history on the horizon. I just want to get to an injury update for the Jays quickly before okay. we dive into Judge. Yep. Uh, Lourdes Gordell Jr. hamstring is with the Blue Jays in Toronto. This is all according to Arden Zwelling. He's doing some hitting, throwing, and advancing through a running progression. Santiago Espinal's oblique issue. He's doing some light baseball activity, hitting off a tee. And Gurriel closer to a return than... Espinal. Um, oh, by the way, I also never doubted Whit Merrifield. You never, really? No, no, never, yeah, no. never, no. Yeah, okay, I no, didn't. Never I didn't doubted Whit Merrifield. Talk about well, you know what's interesting I will about say Whit? This. Go for it. Oh, we both had a. I think you I, first. I think I, I think we might have the same. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, yeah. One, two, three. Regular at bats. Yeah, there we go. That was very good. Yeah, regular at bats when he's starting, and he's never been in the role where he's coming off the bench before, and maybe that's what what had him struggling the way he was. Do you you remember that scrum we talked about? Great minds think alike. We talked about the scrum uh, on the air when when he, I think it was Hazel, asked him about how hard it's been to get in a routine of being a pinch hitter, and you could sort of sense the frustration on his face. He was like trying to be a good teammate, but also was like, I'm not used to it, and it's hard for me. And now he's finally getting regular at bats. Obviously, you'd rather everyone be healthy, but at least... He certainly seems like he's playing his way onto yeah. the postseason roster. All right, so Aaron Judge, you, you were walking down the road. Does it happen in Toronto? Does it happen tonight? Well, how about this? Uh, against Gossman in his career, who is the starter tonight against Luis Severino, mm-hmm. Kevin mm-hmm. Gossman, Luis Severino. You can see Blue Jay Central coming your way, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time with first pitch uh, one hour, 45 minutes, and 23 seconds away. Um, and Gossman versus Judge in his career. 8 for 22, that's 364 for those who uh, aren't quick on the math. Uh, I did it in my head. 
or it's written down on the sheet in front of me, and three home runs in his career against Gossman. Uh, Kevin Gossman also allowed seven home runs in his first 24 starts this season, has allowed seven home runs in his last five starts. But he was good last time out. Very good last mm-hmm. time out. Mm-hmm. Very, does that... Does that change the stat that I just read? No, not at all. Jesse Rubinoff, no, same no, stat. No, it's one, yeah. It's one, yeah. yeah very good last time out. Yeah. Same stat. 100%. All right. So uh, Aaron Judge could hit the home run tonight, or at least that's what the statistics suggest here against Kevin Gossman tonight. And I know we threw out a question on Twitter mm-hmm. that says, if I caught Aaron Judge's 61st home run ball, I would give it up for blank. Before we get to the answers to that, I got to ask you, if the ball lands in your lap, mm-hmm. what are you doing with it? I'm selling it for the highest possible price. It's just a fact. Period. 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 End of story. I mean, these guys, you know, not everybody, not every athlete is a millionaire, but they make a lot of money. Aaron well, Judge is Aaron going Judge to make $300 million in his next contract yeah, at least. He is, he's so, not going to struggle yeah, for money. I mean, I, I, if I could go shake his hand because of it, then, you know, congratulations on your, your achievement, but I'm selling it for as much as humanly possible. So like the dude who caught the Albert Pujol 700 who walked out of the stadium yeah. with the ball and said, no, I'm that not giving like it up. Between half a million and a million is, is what that's being valued at already. 61, what do you think that's worth? I think 62 is worth more. I think 62 is worth more as well. Yeah. But we're talking like, you know, 250. Yeah. This was 60. Yeah. This was like a brouhaha at Yankee <laughs> Stadium. Is this it, was a Donnybrook. Is there a, is there a brouhaha of that level at Rogers Center is the question. I... I, I I would like to think no. Yeah. However, all it takes is two or three who jump in there, yeah. get a little rowdy. But I, I, I would, listen, if it's a million dollars, it's tough to just hand it to the player who hit the home run. Yeah. I, I would That's, offer, if yeah, you want you it that bad, Aaron Judge, I'll give it to you for a slight discount, like 900000 How about a million Canadian? I'll give it to you for a million. Oh, that's actually even less. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. You do pounds. Well, yeah, the pound is in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Are this? Sorry? Are we taxed on the money? Oh, that's a wonderful I question. So. Is that capital gains tax? No. Maybe you do that on the gray market. It actually Probably might, do that it on the gray might market. be. If, what, you know capital the, if there's gains? any uh, CFAs out there, then. Oh, yeah. If you, declare, if you declared it, yeah. without a doubt, you'd have to pay capital gains and or taxes on that. Without well, a doubt. I'm not encouraging anyone to do anything. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that No, out. but you're, you're selling, though. It's a million dollar ball. You're, you're not just it. handing it over. Like, it's not a first career home run. You're a douchebag if you don't give it back right. to the guy for a bat or a couple of signed balls. But if it's a million dollar ball like all bets are off you do what you need to do go pay off your mortgage right like yeah. no one's saying you need to give it off right 100 percent. okay okay so we're all in agreement on that except for the people on twitter because we asked on twitter we did ask on twitter uh, if i caught aaron judge's 61st home run ball i would give it up for blank mike says if getting the ball meant i was able to push zach hample out of the way and wave it in his face <laughs> afterward i would give that ball to judge for a coke and a smile really season tickets mike come on no come on oh mike. and season tickets uh, steven rep another answers here but i'd love to be able to hand it over to judge knowing it's likely going to end up in cooperstown yeah we'll see if uh, you think the same thing if you can end up catching it do, do, hold on do both <laughs> this do steven and mike know that it's going to be a million dollar ball now they know Okay, do, do your answers change? Yeah, they do. 
They couched you out too no, no, much. I'll ask them. Do their answers? Oh, do their answers? Sorry. Do their uh, yeah, answers okay, yeah. change if they know it's a million dollar ball? No, Are they that generous? I don't, I don't think so. They're sharp. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're sharp. They're always they're always on it. They're always in the mentions here. They're sharp. They know it's worth a million dollars. Just being good people. You, you say they're friends of the show and they're regularly interacting, and that's why you know that they will be the same. Yeah, no, no matter personal, what. Personal yeah. level. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. just telling the audience who might not know that they're regular interactors <laughs> on the show. What's going on? Sorry, digital producer. The coach GM. I'd hold out highest bidder wins. I don't care what people say. These athletes make millions while we make way less and still buy jerseys and hats, etc. You could afford to buy it from me, the highest bidder. For the highest bid, sorry. And then one last one, a Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame Museum would like a hug from Tim. Done. Done, Canadian. If, if you end up, and then I'll sell it for a million dollars. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I love the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. St. Mary's, Ontario, love nice. going down there. Thanks for chiming in. Thanks Without for the interaction. Uh, if he hits it, I'll give the hug to the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Actually, I'll give it to him anytime. All right. All right. Caleb Joseph coming up a little bit later. we got to get to awesome. the NFL. We're running yeah, we wasted too much time. That was fun. That's on me. That was fun. Uh, week three in the NFL wraps up tonight with the Cowboys and Giants on Monday Night Football. The Giants are just one of three remaining undefeated teams. Wow, after another wild Sunday. The Colts mounted a late comeback to hand the Chiefs their first loss of the season. And the banged-up Bills lost a thriller in Miami as the Dolphins improved to 3-0 and are the only unbeaten team left in the AFC. Is it possible that the Dolphins are the best team in the conference? No. Really? But I, I thoroughly enjoy the idea that the Miami Dolphins are not only relevant but good. And they are a good football team. But the Buffalo Bills were severely banged up on defense, and yet the numbers still overwhelming. Like, if you played this game a hundred times, the Bills only turn it over once and put up the numbers that they did in this game, the Dolphins don't win 99 out of a hundred times. Like, Total yards, 497 to 212. Time of possession, double for the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills. They ran 90 offensive plays, turned it over once, and lost. That does not happen all that often. I will say this. Josh Allen is doing too much for the Buffalo Bills. They need more, and I wish I had said this before, but I felt this way Cook, Moss, Singletary, I don't care which one. One of them has to ease the burden on Josh Allen so it's not all on him all the time. He, he is unbelievable, probably an MVP by the end of this season. Mm-hmm. But you need to ease the pressure on him. You need to run the ball a little bit more often and just let him take a breath. So that when you're down in the score zone, he's able to finish because he's not exhausted from having carried yeah. your football team in extreme heat down the field matriculating. Yeah. And he's a beast, but I mean every time he takes a hit, I still get a little bit nervous about it. Great reaction there in the booth. Uh, that is. Ken I would Dorsey. be too. Yeah. I would be too. That Ken Dorsey, tough, former tough Toronto finish. Argonaut. Yeah. Uh, Brock Vereen coming up later. He'll uh, yeah, I get the NFL fixed. We'll, we'll, we'll do we'll do the Tua stuff. Uh, we'll do the Jalen Hurts stuff. We'll do the Brady versus it's Monday. Rogers. What are you, there's too much going on. 14-12 baseball game. Yeah. We'll do it all a little later with Brock Vereen. Love it. Uh, the NBA season is less than a month away, and today the Raptors held their annual media day before leaving for training camp in Victoria. It was a relatively quiet offseason for the Raptors, and team president Masai Ujiri said that the team is relying on its young core to take another step as they look to improve on last season's 48 wins. This organization, we've we've always wanted to preach patience, um, but um, we want to win. We are expecting to win, um, but 
Yeah, honestly, we can react to what's going on in the league. And yeah, you look at other teams and we study all of that. But in terms of our plan is to grow our young players and, um, and we continue to develop. Hmm. Uh, you were at Media Day today. Thanks for the invite. Uh, yeah. What stood out to you? Uh, you know I'm not in charge of the invites, oh, right? right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's sure. the Toronto Raptors that oh. send out the oh, invites. Oh, yeah. So you no. can, yeah. i got to make better relationships. CC Masai Ujiri yeah. on that. <laughs> I, I did bring my uh, my reporter's pad. This is my reporter's pad. And a clipboard, pad, too. Right? This is my I, goodness. I, I had a clipboard and a reporter's pad. Crazy. And what I wrote down on the, the reporter's pad was, Masai, we play sports to win. Winning is why we play. We expect to win. He used the words win winning, wanting to win, expecting to win. And it's real interesting because every year you and I talk about what the Vegas totals are for their winning. And every year it seems like outside of the Tampa tank, they win more than people expect them to win. This year the number is 44 and a half. Here is the last 11 years. They've been over the total in the last 11 years Ten bleeping times. This franchise has been able to establish themselves as one of the absolute best in the NBA. And yet, this is still a very interesting year. And maybe even, dare I say, a pivotal year for the Toronto Raptors with Pascal, Fred Van Vliet, and Gary Trent Jr. All basically, there's player options there, but two years left in their deal. Getting up there in age, too. And and starting to get up there. So mm-hmm. do the kids come along in the time that those guys are still under contract, or are they restarting again or attempting to hang on with those guys because they seem like they're close enough? I feel like this is a real pivotal year. They weren't sure what they were last year. Mm-hmm. They figured out they're a pretty good team. All they did was add Otto Porter Jr., this is going to be a real interesting year for the Toronto Raptors. I heard Scotty Barnes look big, big, like big. Big, yeah, like, yeah. I talked yeah. to uh, Nick Nurse about that. We'll hear that conversation nice. tomorrow. I also, uh, I also learned too much, and strangely, not enough about OG Ananobi's summer <laughs> at today's media day. Here, here's, here's what I mean. Yeah, I had a good summer, but the most enjoyable thing, I don't know. I guess reading a book. What book? I have no book I read. I don't know. I'll say going up for a walk. A walk? Singular? Not no. I I love OG. Going out for a walk. <laughs> I love OG. All right, still to come. As mentioned, Caleb Joseph will help us tee up the Yanks and Jays massive series with history and clinching scenarios on the line. Brock Vereen to help us break down week number three in the National Football League and the Monday Nighter. But after the break, I was up and at it early this morning. Raptors Media Day, we will play you my conversation with the managing general of the Toronto Raptors, Bobby Webster. Next, this Monday edition of Timothy. Records are meant to be broken and Judge is on the verge of doing it. There's a deep fly ball to center field. Siri back at the track looking up. This ball's going to be gone. Out of here. I want to know if you recognize these bad boys and what they might represent. Yeah. You do? 
What are they? Uh, Over-unders from Vegas and our actual <laughs> Okay. Does it piss you off? Does it motivate you? You know these numbers. I think the four maybe. I think now it's just that's the expectation, you know? Right. I don't even know what it is this year. 44 and a half. A little more respect. <laughs> Rolling tip! Incomplete! The Packers are going to win it! Sometimes the Jumbotron shows things they probably shouldn't show, even at home. Uh, I saw something and just passed on the information. Some friends counting down to the Jays and Yankees as Mr. 60 and counting is in the building. Jesse, curtain call if the Jays are leading, right? Oh, yeah. Curtain call, period. I think curtain that call. respect level at yeah. 61 yes. slash 62? Yeah? Yes. Jays fans are knowledgeable. So that's what would happen. Even if it's like, uh, like, I mean, they could clinch tonight. It's a team that you could be facing your magic number down to four. You still think curtain call for 61? I do. Classy I think a lot of people, a lot classy of classy fans. Yeah, but a lot of people hate the Yankees with a passion. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something about uh, Aaron Judge, even though he's the face of the organization. He, he seems likable. like a classy guy. He's likable. Very likable. So yeah. I think he's getting a, probably a standing O to some respect and a curtain call. All right. I think I think I might be with you more on that a little bit later on. Uh, Dan Shulman, Buck Martinez, now and Caleb it. Joseph. <laughs> now I want to see it because I want to see it. If I'm You're right. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, the Toronto Raptors begin camp tomorrow in Victoria. Game one of the preseason in Edmonton Sunday. But before they storm the West, they held media day here in Toronto today. That's right, kids. I was up at uh, 6 a.m. this morning. Not that anyone's counting. Except for me. But I did it to spend time with my friends, Masai, Bobby, and Nick, and discuss how in the good name of Pop So they have gone over the Vegas win total in 10 of the last 11 seasons. Here is GM Bobby Webster and some Jagoff. Wait, that's me. <laughs> Raptors GM Bobby Webster was forced to stop by the Tim and Friends station here at Media. Okay, so... Don't worry, nobody watches this show. Uh, you're six years into this. Is media day now, like, very painful, or does it, like, mean something because it's a start? No, it's still fun. Yeah, there's a, you know, first day of school kind of, you know, see everybody, excitement, energy. Yeah. Um, no, we have fun with it. Awesome. Um, I have a list of numbers that I'm going to start with, okay? And there's two each for the last 11 years. I'm going to give them to you. And I want to know if you recognize these bad boys and what they might represent. Yeah. You do? What are they? Uh, Over-unders from Vegas and our actual win totals. (laughs) Okay, so um, we made easy money for our viewers. I don't know if you remember last year you stopped by. There was some high-end alcohol behind us, and I said that you guys were plus 240 to make the playoffs, and you chuckled. And if anyone was smart enough, that chuckle meant something. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you guys were uh, 12.5 over your total last year. That's, a good, that's piss, a good amount. Yeah, that is a good amount. Does it piss you off? Does it motivate you? You know these numbers. I think before maybe, I think now it's just that's the expectation, you know? Right. I don't even know what it is this year. 44 and a half. A little more respect. <laughs> yeah, a little more than 35 and a half yeah, last year. That's, that's not that's like. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what is Vegas? Because we do this every year and we, we talk to our audience about what you guys are going to be or what you're hoping to be. And what do you think Vegas misses on you guys? I don't know what, I don't know what goes into theirs. I think what we probably value for ourselves, obviously starting off with coach nurse and like, you're going to get 
you know, the best every night out of that. He's going to try everything, and he's going to kind of throw the, the, whole, the whole bag at you, which I think is really important. Um, I think the other thing we, we always, uh, you know, preach is like the camaraderie and co- cohesiveness of the team, and I think that probably helps you over the course of the year, whether it's, you know, a back-to-back in January or February, and it's just like, can the guys get up for the game? Do they want to play for each other? Right. Um, so I think those are, those are stuff. So start with the coaches, and then there's some real aspect of team that I think we really – um, we really care about. Right. Um, I've said this on the show, so tell me if I'm wrong, but do you guys actively recruit that in when you're making selections for the team? Guys that can fit into a team unit, guys that understand what you're talking about? Because it feels like there's a certain personality with the talent that you look for. I think you start, so that's be the talent, right? You have to have like the, the requisite basketball skill. I'm not um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, not just because you brought up, I think, you know, last year we went in with a fairly young team. And over the course of the year, I think that's why we brought in a Thaddeus Young type. Now, it's not every veteran, right? I think we've followed Thaddeus. You talk to teams who've had him or if you have a bit of a personal relationship. So I think you see that when you meet Thaddeus, he's a professional. He's an adult, right? right, right. Um, I think that went a bit into the thinking with Otto this summer. So right. who, who can kind of complement this group, um, lift them up, uh, but personality-wise fit? Um, I think with Coloco, similarly, I think he... With a younger player, it's a little bit more difficult to see how they're going to fit in. I think style of play, um, obviously rim protection, defense is stuff that we value. So here, the short answer is yes. How does it look in practice is kind of, I think, what I just went through. So yeah, right, right. And, it's, and it's less a, an exact science than it is. Uh, We've had our misses, so it's fine too, you know. <laughs> Got feel. Yeah. Given the contracts on Fred, Pascal, and Gary Trent Jr., and if anyone can hear people yelling, they're doing promos for Sportsnet around the corner, so we apologize. Do you feel like this could be the most pivotal season of your tenure in Toronto? Oh, that's a good one. Um, we've had some pivotal ones. So I think, you know, rather than comparing to the past, I think it's an interesting year because there are a lot of players who are, have the ability to make kind of a jump, right? Scotty in his own way is doing it, right? Gary, OG, Precious. Uh, I think Fred and Pascal have another jump, but I think, you know, Relatively speaking, they've established themselves as all-star, all-NBA, so can one of those guys get to the next level? Um, But, yeah, I think we do sit here with a bit of a group of that middle players, and it's like, okay, are they all going to make the jump together? Will one make a bigger jump? How will they fit in? Um, And I think that's probably the excitement that we see coming from our perspective um, and probably from the fans as well, which is there's, you know, we didn't intentionally, we didn't go out and make a lot of changes this summer for precisely that reason because we think that this group, as constructed, can make a jump. Hmm. Okay, stay with me here. Yep. Um, I remember I came to one of these uh, media days, and I talked to GM Masai at the time, and I gave him a stat that um, had confounded me, and I was almost obsessed with it for a while. And that is, since the 1979 Sonics, who won the title, I don't know if you remember that team, Lenny Wilkins was the coach, Slick Watts, before your time, got it. So since that 79 team, only... At the time, two different teams had won a title without an MVP, current, former, or future, on the team. And that was the Bad Boy Pistons. Isaiah Thomas was pretty good. And it was the uh, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups Pistons. Until, of course, you guys did it again. And it was before Masai pulled the trigger on the DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard deal. And I think you and I could agree that if Kawhi were healthy for an entire season, he might be an MVP as well. So, I mean, we're talking about two teams, three teams that have won a title without an MVP. Do you see an MVP on this roster? 
I see some MVP potential, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you go from all NBA, kid, rookie, whatever, whoever you want to put in that potential mix, how do you get them from where they are to that level? I think, listen, it starts mentally, right? Are they able to kind of handle that? And I think not handle that in the sense of, you know, the media or the players, but like the amount of dedication and hard work and commitment. I think that was one thing that always stood out to me when we brought Kawhi in was just like just the level of of um, endurance focus. Like just that's how much he cared. And so, you know, you want to find those type of players. You can cultivate it in them. Um, I think it has to be 100% on both ends of the court. So, you know, you get a guy that plays one end and not the other. Um, so I think there are, um, but it's hard, you know, you like – that's like cream of the crop if you want to be in the MVP conversation, right? right. These are, you know, right. you're competing with the best players in the world. You have Giannis and Doncic and Durant. You know, like we're looking every corner of the globe. Um, but I think, you know, that's, we, you know, why are we sitting here if we don't think our players can do that? Right. Um, and I think the no MVP, I thought it was interesting because when we had the, the Kyle and DeMar teams, I think there was that same thing. Like, can you guys win with this team? Right. Um, and part of it is, I think, part of our philosophy is let's give them the opportunity and... We'll see if they can, right? I mean, I think that's, you know, rather than kind of preemptively deciding whether they can or can't, I think part of the fun that we see and part of the challenge is um, them feeling like they have the support and our confidence that they can go do it. And if it doesn't, great, and we'll make those decisions. But I think it's really important to give them that opportunity. Interesting. KD's an MVP. Was there any serious deliberation about whether or not you would dip the toe into that water? I think anytime something serious like that is out there, you have to, you know, think deeply and, and, and examine it. I think ultimately where we came out is kind of where we started this, which is we believe in this team, right? right? We think this team has enough growth in it. Time will tell, and that's the big challenge, to kind of go from a really good team to a legit contender. Um, well, yeah, that's where we came out. Okay, I don't want to be the guy, before I let you go, who criticizes and then runs away when you come on the show or someone else comes on the show, so I'll throw it out there. I thought that at the deadline, you guys could have used a little bit more point guard depth, maybe some shooting, and a traditional big. So I guess Christian Coloclo will eventually be the traditional big. Do you feel like you needed more point guard depth to kind of ease the burden on Freddie and or more shooting? So I think you know our mindset, and our mindset is probably just going to generally not think in the traditional sense, right? So I think, like, okay, yeah. yes, I can get myself around point guard shooting big man, right. right? But I can also get myself around, like, okay, if we go get one of those, they may have deficiencies elsewhere. And so, like, you've just replaced one problem with another, right? right? I think we saw at the end of the playoffs last year that a lot of guys can handle the ball. So I think that was like a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. I think the shooting's clear, like shooting, and that's what I think Otto brings, which was, okay. which was you just need that bit of a release valve. Right. Um, and then traditional big man, you know, something that we've talked about, you know, ad nauseum here, which is uh, it has to be the right fit, right? We're not just going to go, you know, I think we saw the probably the year or prior years, even if you go back to when we started, like not every big man, traditional big man is going to like fit. And I think with our style of play, we're, we're more attuned to, the style, and I think with Coloco, obviously the presence in the paint, right. but also the versatility of the guard on the perimeter matters to us. And so I think, like, yeah, we see those areas. Can they fit? So can you fit shooting with an auto 
who also fits our defensive philosophy, yeah. right? So, like, I think that's kind of how we see it. So, like, for me, I yeah. love the fact when you had Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka because right. you could go, like, if you're playing Joel Embiid, you yeah, could play yeah, yeah. Big If we could find more Marcus Gasols, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, <laughs> Count me yeah. in. That's the unicorn. But I would say Mark's not a traditional big man, right? Mark's, like, you know, he's incredibly right. unique and can right. shoot and pass, so I think. And remarkably yeah. smart. So the only other question that I would throw into that as we run out of time, is that Pascal and Freddie were one-two yeah. in the NBA in minutes. And I wonder if the inability to go to other point guards or handling rock will alter the way you look at the point guard position this year. And I know that we're, we're like, this is all one conversation. Yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting, I think, to the audience to know, like, will Scotty be handling point guard? Will... Pascal be handling point guard, and will you trust some of your more traditional right. point guards? Well, I think I gotta get rid of the world traditional. No, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna give me Nick Basire not gonna like traditional yeah. very much. <laughs> um, I think really, listen, Scotty was 20. He's 21. He's played a lot of point guard. So yes, we're gonna put the ball in his hands more. I think we saw in the Philly series with no Van Vliet that there are other people that can bring the ball up and create. Um, now, I think if you're going to have those creators, then you need to surround them with people who can shoot. So, like, it kind of all matches. Um, but, yeah, I don't – it'd be hard for me to say, do we need another point guard? No, we need another creator, and that creator could be six foot or six nine. Right. Does that lead lessen the burden? Like, do you want to play less minutes for, for Fred and Pascal this year? I think, yes, I think – Ideally? Yes, ideally, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, we really appreciate you doing this annual trip here. I know it can be a pain in the Timmy Changs, no. but I do appreciate you doing it. Thank you, got you very good, much. Uh, hey, how do you know about Timmy? I love how he had the University of Hawaii's football coaches yeah. back. All right, listen, this show is jam-packed. I would love to get your feedback on that conversation and parts of that, but when we come back, a little place of the week. Make you smile even more next year in Timmy Tim and friends counting down to game day. That's right, kids. Jays and Yankees. Aaron Judge, Mr. 60, in the cage. Get a few bunts down and then swing away, Jesse. What a waste of time that is. 6.30 <laughs> Eastern time. Blue Jays Central coming your way as we get you set for the Toronto Blue Jays and the New York Yankees. All right, time now for the plays of the week. Smile, kids. It's time now for the plays of the week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oi, oi, oi. You can move. It's a movie promo. Did you know that? No. It's a wonderful movie promo, too. Uh, this is what I look like when I remember that Jesse took the 49ers <laughs> minus one and a half this week. Very good. Yeah. It's, SM Bets wants us to eat beef penis, Jesse. No. I got right. yeah. yeah, it's not good. It's, it's okay. You're not in my doghouse or anything. <laughs> See what you did here. All right. Well, playing up to the Canadian stereotype. Smooth. Cut or uncut. Oh, that's... You know what? That's fine. That's uncut. There's some protection there yeah, as well. Why not? Right? Yeah, why not? It's a line drive. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I, I like that. All right, let's start with football. How do you make Mitch Trubisky look good? Oh, George Biggins did it. OBJ 2.0? Better? Mm, I don't think so. OBJ scored a touchdown. Pretty damn close, that was, though. Yeah, that's, that was incredible. Uh, Corderell Patterson. Did you know he is second in the league in rushing? I have him in And he wears 84, and he does this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Everyone thought he was done, too. Everyone He's thought over 30. he was done. That was it. Yeah. No, not today. All the skills, people didn't realize just hand him the ball? Yeah. How hard was that? Uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense. Oh. Are you kidding me? 
Devontae. Devontae Smith had over 100 in the first half, including that. Yeah. I had the Eagles minus six and a half. No big yes, deal. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <clears throat> butt fumble, meet butt punt. <laughs> I, I, I mean, this was, you knew this was coming, too, right? When you're watching that game. They had no room. There was no what room. What was going to happen? Well, I, I didn't think it would go off his ass. Right, yeah, I guess that's that, I didn't, And I didn't think that when you asked for ketchup or mustard on your hamburger, you get this either. But yeah. what do, do I know? It was a Yankee game during the... The rain delay yesterday, too. Something like this. Why? I guess it's a New York thing. I don't know. Oh, we showed you phone booth fighting. How about car jujitsu? What are we doing? <laughs> they had this what seat. is the human The best part was they had the race seat. coming. This to. is ridiculous. Yeah, I have no idea. But they had their seatbelts on to start. They had to unbuckle the seatbelts. <laughs> I actually kind of, of all the things about this that you can criticize, that you that's the best one. Yeah, 100%. You got to be quick. All right. Rate the great one from 1 to 99 and his dancing. I call this... The Rubinoff. <laughs> I know, he's way smoother than me. <laughs> nah, it's close. It's it's 99. It's impressive. To the Canadian Premier League and Atletico Ottawa's Balu oh Tabla. Are you kidding You're me? You're making that save, though. No, that's... You're I hurting mean, yourself in the process, man. You'd have Breaking to be on your line to get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, unbelievable. The audacity to try that. Very good. To the CFL, the Stamps stomp the Lions. And how about Peyton Logan? Rumbling, bumbling, stuff still mm. on his feet. Mm. Cuts it back. Get in, kid. That's a Kyle Brandt angry run right there. Oh, without a doubt. 19-yard touchdown and the gritty on top. How cool is this? Not the gritty. Like, everyone's doing the gritty. Tom Willis embarrasses every person who has ever bleeped up a first pitch with this absolute strike. Born armless? No problem. Unbelievable. I'll throw it with my foot. Yeah. Uh, to the diamond. Luis Rengifo, the center. Mark Condress, glove. <laughs> Exciting and new. Come aboard. Ooh, yeah, like a five-foot slide, too. We're, how, speaking of slides, Bubba Thompson makes the catch and saves his life on the same play. Oh, oh that could have been so bad. But it was so well, good. And the Mannings have been all over lately, including <laughs> Eli Manning trying out for Penn State as his secret identity. Chad Powers. Chad's gonna run. Chad run fast. Fast Chad. <laughs> like that. Fast Chad. Do fast, run fast, right? This flow might slow me down too. Yeah, it's good though. Let's go, Chad. Here you go, baby. Think fast, run fast. Think fast, run fast. Fast Chad. Fast Chad. You said it, Ferris. This is for you, baby. Think fast, run fast. Think fast, run fast. Five, four, nine. Five, four, nine at 41. Faster than Jesse Rubinoff's 40? Yeah, I think so. Yeah? That's five, 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 something like that. I can just see you next Slightly. year. Think fast, run fast. Think yeah. fast, run fast. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Jays and Yankees coming up. Caleb Joseph around the corner. And Aaron Judge is making dreams come true. Stay tuned. We'll try and make yours come true, too. He's likable. Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. 
Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Back here, uh, hour number two. That was thank you very much, Sheepdogs. I just kind of blurted it out Long day for you, long day. Hour number two, Tim and Friends, Full Hour Sportsnet 360, which includes Brock Vereen, or Brock Vereen, chopping up week three in the National Football League. Just a half an hour to go on Sportsnet ahead of Blue Jays Central. Caleb Joseph will join us shortly as we set up a huge series between the Jays and the Yankees. But quickly to hockey and some news today as the NHL preseason is underway. And with it, injury updates. Bad news in Vancouver. Brock Besser underwent hand surgery today and will be out three to four weeks. He hurt the hand at practice on Saturday and will miss at least a handful of regular season games. No pun intended. Offseason signing Ilya Mikheyev also left their preseason opener Saturday and is being reevaluated today. Better news in Calgary. As Andrew Mangiapane skated with his teammates for the first time this preseason, he's been nursing an injury. And in Leafland, Jake Muzzin and Pierre Engvall were both back skating today while Adam got that day-to-day, aren't we all? As mentioned, Jays, Yankees coming up on Sportsnet. Blue Jays Central gets going 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. The Yankees just need one win in the series to clinch the AL East. Well, the Jays' magic number to clinch a playoff spot is down to four, a combo of Jays wins and Orioles losses at this point. Of course, the Jays are fighting for the top wild card seed and home field in that first round. Currently, two games up in the race, two and a half up on Seattle, who are both off tonight. Here's the pitching matchups for the series tonight. It's Luis Severino against Kevin Gossman. Severino came back from a two-month injury layoff last week and pitched five strong innings against the Pirates. Gossman, good last time out tomorrow. Jamison Tyon against Jose Barrios with Garrett Cole for the Yankees on Wednesday against Mitch White. Jays lineup tonight against Severino looks like this. Springer, Bichette, Vladdy, that's top three in order. Alejandro Kirk stays in the cleanout spot. Will D.H. Ramel Tapia in left batting seventh. It'll be Danny Jansen behind the plate. And Whit Merrifield gets another start playing second, batting ninth. Regular at bat, Jesse, for our boy Whit. Yankees lineup looks like this. Aaron Judge leads off looking for home run number 61 on the season. Josh Donaldson back in the sixth, cleaning up with Giancarlo Stanton hitting fifth. Here's John Schneider on how the Jays are approaching Judge's at bats this season. Series, excuse me. You think back to, you know, how we, we pitched him in New York, and I thought we pitched him very well. And you have to continue to execute, and at the same time, you try to be careful when he's up with guys on base. Um, you don't want to be too careful, I think, because that's when mistakes happen over the middle of the plate, and he is not missing those, um, hasn't missed them in seven months. So you got to just, uh, you know, pick your spots, and um, if someone else has to beat you, then so be it. All right, let's dive a little deeper with one of the co-hosts of Blue Jays Central tonight, Caleb Joseph. And Caleb, before we get going here, I would start, as we always do, with two claps and a Ric Flair. But apparently, I went to the well too many times last time you were on, and the tweeters were asking me to tone it down. Now, do you agree and or disagree with the tweeters at this juncture in time? Because you, to me, in this spot, are the ultimate decider. I think it should keep going, but... We are all slaves to the viewers, so we'll just keep it there. You know what? I listen to Caleb Joseph more than I do. Jesse, Caleb, two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! 
There, there you good. go. That's one for the show. That's just it. one. We've just used one, it. then we move on. That's fine. And we talk baseball with Caleb Joseph. Uh, we just heard John Schneider about Aaron Judge, and obviously Jay's getting to the postseason is paramount, but having Aaron Judge for this three-game set stuck on 60 feels like it's just an event down there. Does it feel the same way to you, even though you played in the bigs? Yeah, sure. I've got my fishing net ready, and I'm going to be trying to catch the home run ball. And once I sell it on the internet for three or four million dollars, you'll never see me again, Tim. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun. I we're going to talk about this in Blue Jays Central here in just a little bit. But I was a part of a moment in kind of Yankees history when Derek Jeter had his last hit at Yankee Stadium, and that game was irrelevant for us. But it meant a lot, obviously, to the Yankees organization and to Derek Jeter. And so being a part of that, it was the whole day was kind of centered around him. We were just kind of bystanders playing the game so he could go out and do whatever he needed to do. So, yeah, there's that feeling. You can tell there's already a bunch of people here in the state uh, stadium trying to get some home run balls from Judge. You can see him right there signing autographs. There's a lot of Yankees fans here, but I'll tell you what, hopefully the Blue Jays faithful show up and drown them out. Before we get into the particulars of this series, and again, I know this is important for the Jays, but it's not often that you get a guy in town on 60 home runs and leading all three of the triple. Like, how ridiculous a season is this? It's really good. Yeah. It's uh, almost unprecedented, right? And I just think of playing against a really, really hot Mike Trout. That's about the only guy that I could compare him to in terms of kind of leading the world in all categories. But, I mean, you can see there it's average, it's home runs, it's RBIs. It's the big three. And for a guy that is 6'8", 280 pounds to be doing this is pretty unbelievable. I mean, to get all those moving parts all synced up at once and to do it continually over and over and over, it is pretty amazing. Oh, and by the way, he's played center field quite a bit. So, uh, you know, it is something to behold. Uh, I'll say this, though. He's an even better person than he is a guy. And I'll tell you this really quick story real fast. Yep. So his first year in the big leagues, he was uh, coming up to bat and I'm catching and he had this bug on his shoulder and he steps up and I kind of swipe it off for him and he looks at me like what what's going on what like what'd you do I said hey it's okay I just swiped a bug off of your shoulder he said his eyes got huge and he goes are you serious and I said yeah it was just a bug on your on your shoulder here and he was like oh, thank you so much for saving me I'm really afraid of bugs and I thought <laughs> are you serious you're 68260 and he goes no no seriously I would have freaked out if I would have saw that bug on there. I owe you one. So three years later, I told him, hey, man, I need I need to take you up on that deal. I need a signed bat. So <laughs> he delivered and awesome. I've still got it at the house. Awesome. That's great. All right. So let's uh, let's break down where we've come from, because that series over the weekend was really interesting on on a bunch of different levels. What was your biggest takeaway from the, the four games of the trot? Uh, Sunday's win yesterday it would have been so easy to kind of pack it in against a Shane McClanahan who just recently really shoved against the Toronto Blue Jays but they came out and they found a way to really get to a really hot pitcher and I'll tell you what that that really speaks volume this late in the season when you have a team that you likely can face late in the season in the playoffs and when it's kind of big dog versus big dog and and the Blue Jays big dog showed up and really shoved it and then the Blue Jays hitters come up and really kind of take the knees out from under their big dog that's a big deal and it, that stuff kind of matters and it's one of those things with baseball players they have long memories but especially late in the season in September when you're potentially going up against a team that you can face 
Uh, and and this, the series hasn't really gone according to plan. I mean, they lose that game. Yeah. It, it looks totally different. So for them to come out there and, and beat McClanahan, uh, who, who just recently really stuck it to them, that for me was huge. I thought they played pretty well in general. Uh, against the, the Tampa Bay Rays. And anytime you can play 500 on the road, that's what you're looking for. You play 500 on the road and you try and play 750 at home, and that's kind of the winning formula, so to speak. So anytime you can go on the road, play 500, you're doing well. But that, that win was a top five win of the season for me on mm. Sunday. More impressive, Stripling's outing or the Springer to Jacks? Uh, you know, honestly, I think it, well, they're both really good. I mean, seeing Springer, I was going to go right to Stripling because I'm a real homer for Stripling, but, you know, seeing Springer, and I think Joe's going to cover this here in a little bit, at the top of the order really kind of set into that late season heroics that he has been doing is really, really, really good for this Blue Jays offense. He's such a threat at the top of the lineup, and he's been battling through that that right arm injury this entire season and to kind of see the sock coming back. And what I love is it's, it's to the opposite field, it's to the big part of the field. We've seen a lot of uh, down and across swings, those grounders to third base, grounders to shortstop, and that's just really not who he is. So to see him really using that big part of the field has been great. But with that being said, Stripling coming off of kind of a little bit of a, a, a uh-oh start and really getting back on the horse, that was huge for me. I think it's kind of a two-man race to see who might start game three of a potential wild card series between him and Barrios and boy I tell you what the, the minute that that they take a step forward they take a step back they're they're yeah. pushing each other and that's really good to see yeah it seems like it's going back and forth how important do you think home field in that wild card series is absolutely huge absolutely yeah. huge and I pull from the 2016 wild card game which was just one game and that could be a little bit different than three games but I was in this stadium yeah. when Encarnacion hit the walk-off home run against the Orioles. And I'll tell you what, this place was absolutely rocking. And it, there is something to be said about having home field advantage. And I've played in playoff games here in Toronto. They're crazy. The fans are incredible. And it truly is an advantage. So for a team that has kind of been on the road, so to speak, for a number of years now, for them to have the opportunity to play a playoff game in front of their Blue Jays faithful, I think it would the place would just explode at that possibility. So I think that is a, a huge point of emphasis for the Blue Jays in that every game counts and that that home field advantage could be massive, almost more massive than any other team possibly because of what they've been through the last two years. All right, so you got to win some games here down the stretch. Make sure that you get that spot. And I think, uh, I think Rodgers would love if they had home field advantage as well. All right, I'm going to finish with a little super stat or meaningless number. We all know that stats like Nicki Minaj videos, they show a lot, but they don't show everything. So I'm going to ask you whether this is a super stat or meaningless number. Judge in his career against Kevin Gossman is 8 for 22 with three home runs. Is that totally. a super stat or meaningless number? That is totally meaningless because those home runs came with me calling the pitches back there when he was for the Orioles. He's a totally different guy, and if you look at what he's done since he's changed everything in terms of his windup, his pitch usage, his arsenal, Aaron Judge is 0 for 5 off of him. So uh, I really like the splitty tonight. That is a totally meaningless stat. That is about like my handicap when I was 12 years old. It just is not even close to being the same. <laughs> All right, so... Uh Tell me about what you've seen from Kevin Gossman as we go into this start against Luis Severino. Obviously, he had some really ridiculous numbers to start the season, but in the last little while, what have you seen from Kevin? Yeah, for me, it, it, it 
really starts with the action on the split finger, whether or not it's moving straight down or not. If it's not moving straight down, there are issues. If it's moving side to side, that's when you start to go, oh no, but you can see these splitters, look at them, they're all straight down. I mean, it looks like the ball's dead straight, then moving straight down. When he has that type of action on the splitty, it just means his direction is good. I feel like his hand placement is really good, which in return lets that four-seam fastball really spin efficiently. It really takes off. The life is really there, but it's all going to be about the action of the split. If that split is moving straight down, you're in good shape. If it starts moving side to side, it starts to plane out. That's when you see guys actually making contact, and that's the pitch that he's been getting hurt on, especially with the long ball, is those flat hanging dead fish splits. So for me, it's just looking at that action of the split. If he's got it, they're going to roll. If not, he might have to divert and figure out another plan. I can't wait to see the fishing net pop out and uh, Caleb <laughs> Joseph uh, end up taking me golfing a couple times because he just made a million dollars on a ball. You got it. <laughs> All right, appreciate it. Thanks for doing this as always. Uh, appreciate the two claps and a Ric Flair. We won't do it again. Appreciate you. There is Caleb Joseph down at the dome. All right. Do you think that that's a meaning? It's a great perspective on that. I looked down immediately at those Gossman numbers and mm -hmm. thought, Versus Judge, wow, that's that's a super stat for sure. <laughs> Galen Joseph, who caught him catching for the Orioles when a lot of those went down, called it a meaningless number. Make yeah. you feel a little bit better about this start? Not really. <laughs> it's Aaron Judge. The guy's got 20 homers more than anybody else. Like, come on. 20 homers more than everybody yeah. else. Yeah. The, the, the numbers are ridiculous, and I hope, listen, I get it. Jays fans, magic number is four. That is the priority. But I hope you can sit. I hope that there's like a 10-1 game where the Jays fans can just sit back, relax, and enjoy mm -hmm. the prodigious power and talent that prodigious. Aaron Judge brings to the table. Fantastic word. All right, more Jays talk on the way. We will visit with Dan and Buck in the booth at the Rogers Center. We'll get your thoughts on the Jays as they enter the final homestand of the season. Tim and friends, game day starts here with Bowen Company. Next. Welcome back, friends. Counting down to the Jays and Yankees right here on Sportsnet Blue Jays Central, just minutes away. Aaron Judge still sitting on 60 home runs, one back of Roger Maris. AL record. Jays players were asked if the Judge home run chase could be a distraction at an important time. Obviously, everybody knows. He's got 60 home runs, and he's one home run away from the AL record. But, I mean, it's it's impressive just to see how consistent he's been this whole season. You know, he's had a great season. You know, he's led his team to be in a spot where they're at. But that doesn't change anything for us. We're here to win the game because, you know, we have a lot riding on this game. You know, obviously, you know, he's got his own personal accomplishments. But I guarantee you he'd rather win the game. So, for us, we just want to win this game and, you know, win this series because, you know, that's going to put us in a good spot come playoffs. Yeah, for me, it's the most important thing is win the game. Uh, you know, is is for us win this series is really really good to, to the city and and for us. So we just trying to come here and win the series. Good, Vladdy, you know Hector LeBron. Good for him. Love it. Way Very better impressive. than my Spanish. I yeah, will tell you that that's hard right to now. Do. It's hard to do. Yeah, we've heard that he oftentimes will speak to reporters in English, but just isn't comfortable on camera. But nice to see him 
Uh, a little anglais. Amazing. I was expecting him to say, I don't care. I'm going to break Aaron Judge's record one day. So what's the difference? <laughs> uh, but he's not that guy. He's not going to say that. But all class all the time. Do you think it's a distraction? for? for no, not at all. No. But, I, but I do think that, like, even players become fans at times and they got to shake themselves yeah. out of it. I just don't think with a magic number at four that players are going to fall into that fan trap. Yeah. I do. I, I actually don't know if he, if Judge goes a couple more games without hitting the home run, I wonder if he actually would rather win than hit it. Because you're so close. Like I don't think he wants to play the rest of the year here and not hit 61. Well, but they're 62. locked and loaded almost. Yeah. The magic number is down to Once one for the, the division. division. Yeah, yeah it's, so. it's a little bit different for him. Yeah. But even Vladdy, like I guarantee you, if. Judge hits the home run and he jogs by Vladdy at first base. Oh, It'll be a little for sure. uh, dap and head tap as he runs by. Uh, so if he does indeed hit 61 or 62, we did ask the question online today. If mm -hmm. Judge hits it and you were to catch it, I would give up the ball for blank. A lot of good responses coming in, so why don't we get to a few. $100,000 or free Skydome beer for the rest of the game, whichever ends up highest. <laughs> Very good, Matt. Uh, they are Al. expensive. <laughs> they are. Al says, uh, an I'm a friend shirt signed by Tim, Jesse, Dobby, and Seb. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. Shout Very out. Very good. nice. Paying attention here. Uh, Blue Jays boy says, absolutely nothing. I'm keeping it. Let the Yankee base stew for years, and I'll will it back the, to the organization in my will, providing the owner stand in the middle of Yankee Stadium and say to a packed crowd, I love the Toronto Blue Jays, the best baseball team has ever seen. You don't like that one. Uh, Mark, a game used uniform and glove signed by Judge, signed home plate, eight tickets in a box for every home playoff game, parking prepaid, meeting with Judge and the entire team, a lot of Yankee swag for entire family, and four season tickets for the next five years. They're not asking too much. Very specific. LaForge, <laughs> <laughs> as a shot at the Mets and the Bobby Bonilla contract, I'm taking $119,000 a year till July 1st till I'm 72, plus a pair of Yankee season tickets behind home plate for life with beer and hot dogs included not the loony dog i think people are just aiming high here and you're never going to get any of this you could yeah. buy that maybe with a million dollars though probably uh i'd want a brian says i'd want <laughs> a new vehicle minimum a new car uh robert a consistently accurate strike zone <laughs> <laughs> thank you robert for okay. adding one of the answers that i want to see when we ask these questions Noah, batting lessons for my kids yeah, there you go i would take that too very nice uh mark says M mlb radio nailed it a 0.2 percent ownership stake in the yankees <laughs> which they the latest valuation i believe is seven billion dollars so that amounts to about 14 million yeah i don't know if the ball will be worth 14 million no but good effort nonetheless uh, yeah george says i would hold on to it for a year tour with it and then in a streamed and televised event i would hand it over to aaron judge do you think george really give it like here's the deal so albert pujols hit his 700 then we we mentioned earlier that the fan who caught it walked out of the stadium with the ball in his pocket he's going to get it authenticated and people went to pujols and asked him and Pujols basically said, hey, man, souvenirs are for the fans. I don't have any problem if they want to keep it. If they want to give it back, that's great. But at the end of the day, I don't focus on material stuff. Like, that's... He gets it. 500000 to a $1 million for that ball. Of course, a fan's probably going to put it in his pocket. And if he doesn't, you're making a mistake. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, like, you could pay off your mortgage. You could send, in the States, you could send your kids to school. Right, because yeah. that's how much it costs yeah, to send your kids to school yeah. in the United States. But th there's a lot of things that you could do with that money. And, and to be honest with you, uh, I would love to see someone hand it over to Judge and get his just desserts for it. 
But in, in the real world, it's a lottery ticket. Yeah, it is. So uh, I guess a preemptive congratulations to whoever, whoever ends up with it if it does happen tonight or during this series. Uh, he would hit 61. That's the next one that he's looking for. Mm-hmm. And we had the conversation earlier. Not really a conversation, but you asked me to put the poll up, and I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you consider the real home run record? The options were Roger Maris, obviously his 61, which is the AL record, and the Yankees record, or Barry Bonds' record of 73. Yeah, I and thought tw- more people were saying the Maris record of late, mm-hmm. which surprised me a little bit. Well, 2,500-plus votes, and it's very close. 55% wow. say yeah. Barry Bonds, 40, uh, closer to 45% say uh, Roger Maris. So I agree with the 49, 44.9%, but what do I know? With their thoughts ahead of the Jays and the Yankees, let's send it to the broadcast team, Dan Schulman. Buck Martinez, take it away, gentlemen. Tim, more tends to go wrong than right for the Blue Jays down at Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg. And a buck, they lost the first two games of the series a few days ago, but rallied to win a couple of really important games. Yeah, it shows an awful lot of character, Dan. And you would think with the Blue Jays down after they got beat 10-5 to and 10-6 to that they'd be in trouble with the two best pitchers going to the mound. But the Blue Jays had their pitcher, best pitcher on the mound and Alec Manoa. And Manoa was ready for the challenge. He was up to the task. And certainly, he gave the hitters an opportunity opportunity to come back and then this is the biggest hit Whit Merrifield has had as a Blue Jay a three-run home run the game winner in that ball game on Saturday so all of a sudden the Blue Jays have life they're back in the series and then yesterday it was all about the long ball Shane McClanahan their best pitcher and their MVP this season had never given up three home runs in a game until yesterday and he did that George Springer hit two home runs Teoscar Hernandez absolutely murdered this ball 464 feet deep to left field his 21st career home run against Tampa Bay and they came back and it's interesting with this club it seems as though they play their best baseball when they have their backs up against the wall and they did it once again down in Tampa Bay the one thing they really haven't learned yet is how to knock out their opponent when they have them down how to knock them out for the season they're 22 and 26 in series finales that's another thing they have to learn as a team, how to finish off teams. So the Blue Jays finish up that series strong down at the Trop. Could be the preview of a playoff series, of course, as well as they played over the weekend, Tim, against the Rays. If they do meet him in the playoffs, they'd much prefer for it to be right here. Yes, sir. Without a doubt, the Rays going on the road and just 33-39 and 39 on the road this mm-hmm. season. Seems like a different team at the Little Trop of Horrors than the one that leaves Tampa Bay. By the way, I think I would trade the Judge home run ball for a fishing trip with Buck Martinez. Yeah, I actually think <laughs> the majority of Blue Jays fans probably would. Yeah, well, honestly. the price that it went for, yeah, it's yeah. almost, it's almost Pricey, right up yeah. there, depending on 61, 62. Uh, this is going to be fun. I, I think these are, these are the type of games um, for baseball fans that you kind of cherish. They mean something. Mm-hmm. There's history on the line. Uh, there could be some absolutely massive numbers in and around this series on sports. Yeah. You know those games where something historic is on the line? There's like a murmur. Yeah. And, and even if there's not even that many people there, buzz. there's something, there's a buzz going on, and, yeah. and you can expect to see that tonight. Without a doubt. Couldn't agree more. All right. 
Time to send it to Blue Jays Central on Sportsnet. Jamie, Joe, and Caleb. That's how big the series is, kids. Jamie, Joe, and Caleb wow, standing by for Blue Jays Central ahead of the Jays and the Yankees. As for us, if you're looking for football, we got you covered. We'll continue on Sportsnet 360. Brock Vereen will join us to break down week number three in the National Football League. And that comes your way next on Sportsnet 360. For the rest of you, enjoy Jays and Yankees. Tim and Friends continues with week three in the National Football League concluding with the Giants and Cowboys. And at the start of the year, some of you may have thought that this may have been a caca Monday night matchup. But oh no, oh no, Cooper Rush and the undefeated Giants going toe-to-toe, blow-for-blow. To talk about the NFL and more, here is Brock Vereen, our old friend joining us here on Tim and Friends. What's going on, Brock? How you doing? Never better, Tim, but before we dive into football, man, you are not asking enough for that theoretical judge ball. Actually, nobody is asking for enough. Okay, so what, what's the number? For, so Brock Vereen sitting in left field, Aaron Judge just yanks one around the foul pole, happens to land in your lap. What are you looking for? Nothing short of an ownership stake. Let's face the facts. The Yankees aren't winning a dang thing this year. This is all they have looking forward to. I'm getting it all. I'm getting an ownership stake. We can start the talks at point. 5%, but wow. nothing less than that. Five. Uh, so, so Jesse Rubinoff suggested earlier they were evaluated at around $7 billion, yeah. the New York Yankees. So that, uh, <laughs> that's a yeah. pretty significant 35 number. Million. 35 million. That's right. Quick math. I'll take that. Just, yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> and they have it. Yeah, I, I will take that as well. Uh, I think, honestly, it's a lottery ticket. Like, it's it's at least, if Pujol 700 is is about 500 to a million, mm-hmm. I mean, we're looking at a million dollars for this ball. Uh, I think 62 might be worth a little bit more, though. Yeah. Back to back a million dollar balls? <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Uh, not I might bad, not be not back and, tomorrow. And, and the most important part, it's going to be uh, his last year as a Yankee, so even added bonus there. Oh, wow. Brock coming with hot yeah. takes. Yankees He's on out of there. doing nothing this year. Aaron Judge, love piece and hair grease at the end of the year. I'm down for all of it. All right, let's go to the NFL and see if the, these hot takes keep coming. Who's your MVP through three weeks? I mean, there are a lot of dudes that have balled out in these first three weeks, and a lot of them under some, like, prove them seasons who you like so far as the best player in the NFL just through three small sample size well speaking of money it's the guy who's going to get cashed out at the end of this year Lamar Jackson yeah. he's been incredible they have they're banged up at the running back position Rashad Bateman's doing his thing as a receiver Mark yeah. Andrews is doing his thing but I would still call that an unproven wide receiver room and he's just taking it upon himself he is getting it done he has never looked happier to be out there he is balling he is an unstoppable machine and for what has been a pretty underwhelming year for quarterbacks Lamar's holding it down Let's continue with two more quarterbacks then. Who do you believe is in it for the long haul with these early season numbers? Tua or Jalen? Well, this is brutal. This is brutal. You can say both. Yeah, yeah. From from a numbers standpoint, I will say Tua because the Eagles are going to run the ball, should run the ball a little bit more and the way that their defense is balling out. Yeah, I'm going to say Tua with the numbers. I feel Jalen will 
go further in his season mm-hmm. with the Eagles will go further. That that NFC is just there's just fewer speed bumps in his way. But if we're talking strictly numbers, Tua's numbers will likely be more impressive by the end of the year. Yeah, I think you're speaking to to Waddle and Hill and what they're able to do. But I'm looking at these Jalen Hurts numbers, and I and I watched that Washington game. And the reason why I watched it is because I, I took my pick on the Eagles based on their run game and the commander's rush defense heading into it. And they were allowing 7.5 yards per carry going into this matchup against the Eagles. So I'm thinking they're just going to run it down their throats. And what Washington did was just stack the line of scrimmage and say, Jalen Hurts, you beat us with your arm. And he did. He he beat them with his arm. And, and that, I feel like, is a huge step for this team because – If teams decide this is what we're going to do, we're going to try and stop this running game of Philadelphia, if he can beat him with the arm, this team could win the East and maybe even more. The only questions coming in this year for the Eagles was, would they be able to stop the run? Yeah, they've proven so far that they can do that. And if they if they can't run the ball, can Jalen Hurts beat you? The answer is yes. That's why that game yesterday was so special. Like you mentioned, n- nobody was looking for much out of Carson Wentz and Washington. They have a ton to figure out. But the question was, okay, after this first quarter, clearly they are going to force Jalen to beat them. And he did. And even more exciting, A.J. Brown had, what, 80 yards receiving? Good day. I believe yeah. he got in the end zone as well. But it's not even like he was just feeding him, spreading the ball around, taking what they defense gives him running it when he needs to not when he wants to that's the biggest growth I've seen in him he's not dropping back and panicking after three seconds he's running it when there's nothing else left after he's gone through his entire progression this guy has grown from last year to this year without a doubt all right so I'm not used to watching Brady and Rodgers play a (laughs) 14-12 game now they're both two and one And the road is littered with folks who have bet against these two guys after tough starts. But are you worried about either the Packers or the Bucks? Both. Really? The Packers will be okay because they're in the NFC North. And for whatever reason, Rodgers just figures it out by the end of the year. Yes, they'll lose a random NFC North game maybe early in the year. But by the end of the year, they're going to be fine. They're going to make it to the playoffs. Tom is lucky because the Saints so far haven't shaken up to be what they were supposed to be. So similar situation. Both of them have free VIP entrance passes to the playoffs, but neither of these teams are Super Bowl ready. Both of these teams have great defenses. I don't know what's going on. I mean, yes, with Aaron Rodgers, it's understandable. You got some youth. They'll come along, but... I mean, Tom was the one making mistakes yesterday. All right, so yes, you have youth, you have Julio Jones, who's always going to be hurt. You can't really rely on him week to week, but but Tom was the one making mistakes. Again, all signs are pointing to this being his last year. Mentally, he didn't even know this was going to be a season that he was going to continue playing until a couple months ago. There's a lot going on in Tampa Bay, and they have a very short amount of time to figure it out. All right, Brock played both corner and safety at the University of Minnesota so well that he was named a first-team All-Big Ten in, I won't mention the year, 2013? (laughs) Either way, (laughs) have you ever seen a 340-pound dude drop back in coverage? Because during that game, (laughs) I saw something that I've never seen before from Vita Vea. The play of the weekend. I 
it's 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 not even a situation where he looked uncomfortable. No. He looked confident. He looked ready. He was anticipating an Aaron Rodgers pass. And if you go back and look at it, he was breaking before Aaron even threw the ball. Vita Vea playing defensive back. Hey, if those DBs ever go down for the Bucks. Put Vita back there. He is a menace that no receiver wants to see when they are trying to run a slant. That, that the the okay, the drop is one thing. Like just asking a, a big fella to backpedal. All right, but he, you're right. He broke on that ball <laughs> and saw the pass and, and a huge play. I mean, th- there, literally, there are there are defensive backs who don't anticipate. Aaron Rodgers like that. He broke before he threw the ball, lowered the boom, jarred it loose. That is textbook free safety (laughs) right there. I love it. All right. So um, I was mentioning to the team here that there are some two and one teams that I can't believe are two and one. Uh, What's the biggest surprise for you at two and one Jags, Browns or Bears? I am going to say the Browns just because of strength of schedule makes it somewhat disappointing. Even in those wins, it's kind of sloppy. Nobody expected much out of the bears this year. Let's call it what it is. Jacksonville is a surprise, but at the end of the day, there was an assumption that Doug Peterson would, what would figure it out. The Browns, I understand your starting quarterback is not going to be there for another two months or so, but even still, you got Nick Chubb, you got some all-stars on defense. It is sloppy. I mean, they are, they do not look good. I don't know if playoffs are in the picture for them, but they got to figure something out quickly. And it kind of goes with the theme of football through these couple weeks. It's been some sloppy ball. And yes, a lot of guys rested during the preseason, but it's just ugly right now. It's very ugly. So, it's an opportunity for fresh start overlooked teams like Jacksonville to get the job done. So I couldn't be happier for Jacksonville, but the Browns have been the most shocking two and one from a negative standpoint. Really? So like, here's the point that I, that I, I might make in countering that is that mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett, like, I don't know what they thought they were going to be when Deshaun Watson ends up coming back after his 11 week suspension. But if they just get wins in a tough division, they might be able to scrape something out here when I think most of us left them for dead after the the 11 game suspension. Certainly did, and yes, it, it's 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 a good problem to have, right? You had a Jerry Jones with his soundbite last week saying, "Man, I I I hope there's a quarterback battle when Dak comes back because it means our backup is playing well." Jacoby Brissett has started games in the NFL. He will get them to six or seven wins through this 10-11 game stretch. It's just a matter of you are there with Lamar. If the Bengals figure it out, there's just no room for error in the AFC, especially with the jack with jacksonville looking good you have the colts they'll they'll figure it out and then you got the afc east with the dolphins and the bills those are two guaranteed playoff stamps one team may be coming out of the afc north and right now i just couldn't say that Hmm. it would be the browns all right last one before i let you go uh does the result on sunday change your opinion of the afc east is it still the bills to lose or did the dolphins do enough to make you think that it could be miami Miami impressed if they played again tomorrow I would probably take 
the Bills. Yeah. The problem with the Bills and why they're not a Super Bowl contender until they fix this immediately, you're putting too much on the plate of Josh Allen. Yes, he's he, he's he's the front runner for MVP. Yes, he can do it all. He is a miracle worker. You can't ask him to throw the ball 63 times and have, yeah. what, 19 points to show for it or something like that. Yeah. There's too much on the plate of Josh Allen. And his magic works when it's limited. When you're asking him to make magic all the time, I mean, they could have lost by 20 points yesterday. I mean, the, 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 it was a sloppy, sloppy game. And the fact that you cannot win that game with a butt punt for a safety when Tua was out of the game for half of a quarter and you can't get that win, you got to fix something and it's taking some off the plate of Josh Allen. But that being said, if they played again tomorrow, I'm still taking the bills, but Dolphins may have something to say about that. Yeah, very interesting stuff to say the least. The numbers heavily favored the Bills, and I don't know if it's great minds think alike or fools seldom differ, but I said the exact same thing off the top of the show. They got to run the ball just to give them a breather so when they're in the scoring zone, he can finish, and I don't think they finished as well as they would have liked to. You put up 500 yards of total offense, you should come up with more than 19 points. Brock Vereen, always appreciate you dropping by. Let's do it again soon, my friend. Thanks so much, Sim. Anytime. There is Brock Vereen who wants $14 million. That, uh, no, he wanted 35, more. He wanted 35. Yeah. Yeah. 35 14 million was point two. For the, uh, yeah. I mean, hey, if you can get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, they still have to sell. I know, asked right? for $35 million a year from Sportsnet. Didn't get that? What about 14 You got to start high, though. That's the key to negotiation, is it not? Didn't work for me. <laughs> 32 Thoughts Live, the podcast. It's a tour that continues, and tonight's stop is Kitchener, Ontario. Congratulations to Jen Fenwick, who answered our last trivia question correctly and won tickets to tonight's sold-out show. Some tickets became available for tonight, but the rest of the tour sold out. Moving forward. Got it, Gooden, since you understood. The only chance to get tickets, if you don't have them, is through us. Tomorrow, the tour hits Kingston. Here's Jeff Merrick with today's trivia question. Jeffy? Okay, so tour stop number four on the 32 Thoughts Tour is Kingston, Ontario. So today's trivia question revolves around the Kingston Frontenacs, and here it is. Which former Kingston coach had a brief part, a cameo, in the movie Slapshot? Was it Gary Agnew? Was it Ren Blair? Or was it Larry Mavity? Gary Agnew, Ren Blair, Larry Mavity. That's an old school question, I know. I thought you'd love it. Of course, the guy who doesn't have the answer to that, Sid Sixero, who actually, no, he ended up watching Slapshot. We forced him to watch. Are you a Slapshot guy? Yeah, I've seen it multiple times. I don't know if I'd categorize myself as a Slapshot guy, but I've seen it multiple times. Multiple times would qualify you as a Slapshot yeah. guy, I think. Like if it's on TV, I'll watch it right. for sure. Uh, send in your answer to at Tim and Friends for your chance to win tickets to the show in Kingston tomorrow. What are you laughing at, Sebby? They would show it on TV. They show a lot of things on TV these days that mm. they wouldn't have shown back it's in the day. It's a good point. But it's all right, and we're going on. We got to get right back when we start it up. All right, sorry. Time for one last break. We'll get our tip of the cap. Last call next right here on Tim and Friends. I'll straighten you out, you little. Anyways, it's my Gilroy title. We've got a double tip of the cap 
for this Monday, we already mentioned Albert Pujols becoming the fourth player in Major League history to hit the 700 home run mark. He hit numbers 699 and 700 Friday in L.A. And the second part of our tip of the cap goes to friend of the show, Greg Amsinger from MLB Network, who back in April, April, shockingly predicted the moment playing out almost exactly as it did. Albert's going to play so much more than people think. He is. He's a draw, and he's going to be productive. He will reach 700 career home runs. I do have bad news, Cardinal fans. I have bad news. He's going to hit his 700th career home run on the road. And only fitting it'll be in Wrigley, right? No. <laughs> Friday night in Los Angeles in September. A Clayton Kershaw. Oh, oh man, that's a okay, crazy so That's when it's going to happen against his former teammate. Hall of Famer versus Hall of Famer. It'll be on the road. I can't wait to see it. Friday night in September in Los Angeles. Screwed up the Kershaw. He should have just quit while he was ahead. Like, well, I guess he didn't know. No, this was a bold. How? He went for it. It was a bold. It was a ridiculously bold prediction. And <laughs> quit while he was ahead. This was April. That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Greg Amsinger. Deserving of a Monday for the down. That's unbelievable. Good for uh, Albert and good for Greg Amsinger. Oh, boy. All right, uh, speaking of historic home run chases, with mm -hmm. Aaron Judge chasing history on Sunday Night Baseball last night, Barry Bonds joined Michael Kay and Alex Rodriguez in ESPN's Kay broadcast, and Bonds talked about his chances of getting into the Hall of Fame. It is what it is. It, that's their vote. They are entitled to their vote. And, but that dream is still not over for me. You know, it's interesting you say dream because I'm sitting next to Alex and Alex is not sure he's going to get in, but he admits that it means a lot to him. Does it mean a lot to you, Barry? It means a lot to all of us, 100%. Yes. We've earned it. Uh, do you think there's still a chance he could end up getting into Cooperstown? We've earned it. I, I hope not. You, che you cheated the game. And what bugs me most about... The cheating of the game is trying to rewrite the history on it. And I know there are those, and, and frankly, I think it's an ignorant take, but there are those that say, well, it doesn't help you hit the ball. Mm -hmm. Here, here's the strict numbers. The highest runs per game in Major League Baseball history in the modern era all, all during the steroid era. So if everyone's on steroids and it doesn't help you hit the ball, why are the biggest numbers of the modern baseball era during the time when they were using juice? Because it helps add distance. Your strength helps add distance. Yes, he was a great player before the steroids, but he did the steroids. He forced 17-year-old, 18-year-old kids to try and decide if they wanted to compete and inject anabolic steroids into their system. I don't think he's held too much to account by saying you're not allowed in the Baseball Hall of Fame. If half the people voting say that this is the real record, that's enough for you, Barry. I'm sorry. When you bleep up, you have to be held accountable. And right now, in this world, we don't hold enough mm. people to account 
when they step on the wrong side. And well, Barry stepped on the wrong side, and A-Rod trying to whitewash his image. I'm sorry, I'm not falling for it. You cheated the game, you need to be held accountable, and the Hall of Fame is part of the part, is part of the reason you're being held to account. Still 55%, consider Barry Bonds the real home run record, important to point out. Uh, okay, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were both on hand at Nets Media Day today, something that seemed unlikely just a few weeks ago. Durant, of course, made a highly publicized trade demand early in the offseason, but later made amends with the organization, and today he explained why he made the initial request. We've seen what happened with our season, guys in and out the lineup, injuries, just a lot of uncertainty, which built some doubt in my mind about the next four years of my career. I mean, I'm getting older, and I want to be in a place that's stable and um, trying to build a championship culture. So I had some doubts about that. And um, I voiced them to Joe, and we moved forward from there. I don't feel like I got to prove anything to that fans after three years. And, you know, I'm committed to moving forward with this team. So if they got doubts, then I can't control that. That's on you. All right, so during the news conference, Nets beat reporter Matt Brooks tweeted, quote, Kevin Durant on whether he'll put in another trade request if the Nets struggle with the quote you just heard, to which Durant replied, this bleep here is why I don't like talking to lames like you. This isn't the question he asked, but you love engagement on Twitter, so you will twist bleep up. The problem is, that's exactly what he asked. What? Are you able today to provide assurance to net fans that if there is adversity at some point this season or in next offseason, that you won't go back to management and ask for a trade again? Nets fans should know me after three years and the work I put in, like we've been through a lot as a team and I still go out there and do my job. So I don't feel like I got to prove anything to net fans after three years. And, you know, I'm committed to moving forward with this team. So if they got doubts, then I can't control that. That's on you. Is this a case of mis misremembering? <laughs> that is that is so good the, the problem with it is more people will believe his tweet than actually do the research and find out what question was asked that's what we're here for that's exactly what we're here for and that's exactly what you're here for because you just provided the evidence that Kevin Durant was attempting to prove otherwise mm -hmm. I don't know what's wrong with that dude. I think he's just got his skin is too, and maybe it would be harder for me if I was in the spot to understand it. But I've, I've defended him almost ad nauseum, and I'm I'm at the end of the defense. Just get out of your own way, just, KD. Yeah, you're an excellent, excellent player. You're an excellent, excellent player. Don't worry about what other people yeah. are saying. Even if you think it's slighting you, you're not doing yourself any favor by by doing that stuff. Agreed. All right, that does it for us, kids. A reminder, Jays and Yankees about to get going over on Sportsnet. On Sportsnet 1, the Orioles at Fenway Park to play the Red Sox. Meantime, coming up on Sportsnet 360, it's Monday Night Raw. Once again, kids, Jays and Yankees about to get going over on Sportsnet. Aaron Judge showed up in a, in a hoodie that says New York or nowhere. New York or nowhere. Oh, man. I guess he's signing with the Mets. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>